Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. Thanks so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. I hope everybody is doing well. We are your hosts. I am Jordan Porter, joined by the fabulous Yvonne Brandenburg. Stop, girls. Which, hindsight, we try to make like that part of the intro the same every week. Like, I don't uh-huh. understand why we just don't record it and put it as part of our like intro. <laughs> Because it's not as much fun. <laughs> like every week I we say the same thing. However, not for the past three weeks. Sorry, guys. We took a hiatus over the holidays. Oh, yeah. It was much needed, though. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Like. And now it's 2023. Yeah. I still Ooh. can't really wrap my head around the fact that like. Things like should be changing, I guess. Like, I don't know. I feel like the new year is always supposed to be like a reset and like restart. Mm. but like I don't I don't feel that way this year <laughs> like yeah I think I'm getting older and I don't believe in the whole new year's like restart thing I'm like you can restart anywhere yeah whatever, no whatever I, I, works get for you. I just don't feel like there's like I don't have any specific goals for 2023 I guess you know mm. how you like set a goal for the year like I don't I don't see I don't think I do that at least not in a long time i mean i guess i don't really do it it's just like i feel like it should just be like a feeling of like you're gonna <laughs> accomplish something and like i don't have that feeling <laughs> i think pretty much everybody is like let's survive a year without major catastrophes i think that's 2023 yeah yeah my husband and i've been <laughs> discussing the zombie apocalypse a lot lately yeah see, <laughs> and, like, see there you go <laughs> he seems to think he so during our holiday break he like became obsessed with firewood and so like, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so like we bought firewood for like the winter for our fireplace here but then we burned through like a lot of it like really quickly mm. and then he kind of got paranoid because last winter our heat went out and it was out for the entire month of december oh remember? that's right and like yeah. we were just living by the fireplace and um so it got really cold during that like big winter storm. Like I know it was like negative a lot of places, but it was like 20. I think the lowest it got here was 18, which was crazy. Like it doesn't yeah, get that cold here. Yeah. Like and so like my pipes froze and Ooh. like I had to go outside and like smash the donkey's water and the chicken's water and stuff a bunch and like I had to keep the dogs inside. Like it just doesn't get that cold here yeah and so like mind you he was obsessed with the firewood before that even happened but it was one of those things where he was like we're gonna need it just in case because we burn a lot of wood and blah 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 and like what if the apocalypse happens so then when it got really cold he's like see i was like we can't even touch all that firewood that you collected for the past three weeks until next year like Mm. (laughs) he's like yeah but next year we're prepared and i was like okay (laughs) but he's like you know what if we need it what if the apocalypse happens i was like if the apocalypse happens we like leave like we can't stay here like we're too close to like a lot of people i was Mm. like and we can't take firewood with us Mm. Mm. so anyway this this has pretty much been 
the last three weeks of my life is discussing firewood and arguing about not being able to take it with us. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because he's like <laughs> he's like scouring Facebook for people who are like free trees. Like so he like we keep borrowing our neighbor's trailer and going and picking up like when I say like huge tree chunks, like just logs, like and then he splits oh them gosh, himself. And, yeah. I've gotten really good at splitting wood. Lately. Interesting. I'm gonna learn how to do that mm-hmm. when I move. You're gonna need to, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that well, my last three weeks over the holiday break have been insane. Um because we're getting ready to move. So oh god, I I I can't even. Uh there's been a lot of like cleaning and packing already because we had to get ready for our open house and then the front house, uh the tenant, like she moved out, um, which was great. She she got out pretty quickly. Um, and then we had to like, you know, go in and do all the like fixing of things. Cause it's been a while. And so it was like a mad dash for a week to get everything, like, you know, replace the stuff that needed to get replaced, mm-hmm. um, paint everything, you know, just get everything ready. And then, um, we had our open house on Sunday and we had an offer by the end of like, already at the beginning of the day like we didn't even have like the open house yet we had an offer so it was just like oh okay (laughs) nice Um, and so like it's just been like this whirlwind and now like we were kind of talking about it just a minute ago like now it's okay well we're gonna close on the houses in a month but we can't move into the house yet because the people that are there they they need to you know get their stuff out so they've got an extra week for the main house. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my cats for a week. <laughs> and then we have vehicles that need to be delivered and they're not running. So it's not like we could just park them somewhere and then drive them up there. Like they need to be dropped off on the property. And I'm just, I feel like I've become this like traffic control person mm-hmm. <laughs> for everything. And I'm just like, I, I, I swear, like once we get up there, I'm going to hand over reins to my husband and be like, I'm going to go do normal work stuff and you can handle things for a while. I mean, I think that's kind of how Matt and I really did it, honestly, because like, well, I bought this house without Matt seeing it. (laughs) So like he didn't really have a clue. He did a good job like helping decorate. And then like since we've moved in, he's done a really good job at just like doing the little things that we wanted to do around the house like building actually big things building the fence like oh right you know just like like he fixed the toilet and stuff like like it's just like little things but like things that he should do just because like it's, i don't i don't think i i could if i had to <laughs> i just like <laughs> You're like i don't I figured, know about those things <laughs> i figured i did all like the paper pushing of the process right Mm -hmm. like because i handled all of that like getting all the documents we needed all the signings like i just literally told him show up so you can sign a piece of paper and then you can go back to work and like that's what he did and like that's me i'm like look at your phone look at your email look at your phone look at your email (laughs) it's like a lot of coordinating i'm gonna do yeah that's what i do too yeah i'm like hey i just forwarded you an email you need to sign send it back to me asap and like (laughs) i feel like that's just like how marriages go nowadays though right like especially Mm. when you do like big things like that and it's so funny because the roles have shifted right because it used to be like if you think back in like the 40s and 50s like man men took care of all of that 
Right. Yeah. And now women like do it all. And then, I mean, I guess men still play that manly role of like fixing up stuff around the house and like Mm -hmm. building the things that you need to function. And yeah, like I bought a donkey and Matt was like, all right, I guess I'm building a fence. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh my God. I know. Like we, I think I do a lot of like the handy person stuff around here just because like I have more experience with those kind of like tools and stuff because like I had a job as a picture framer so like that stuff like doesn't scare me. I will say Um, I put all the furniture together. It's just like those big I don't know it's just like I said Matt built all the fences for all of our pens. Yeah. He built the shed. Um, He got all the lawn equipment that we needed because we went from like zero land to a couple acres and like (laughs) oh god (laughs) he works very much on the outside of the house and i very much work on the inside got it so Mm. we'll see what the dynamic is once we get up there (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna laugh as soon as you get chickens and stuff and you're giving me all this crap about how we already talked about getting chickens i know I was like, well, we, I mean, we technically have a chicken coop right now. It was going to be for the cats, but there's been no cats in it. So it's actually ready for chickens. <laughs> get chickens, especially how the price of eggs is going up. Right. Seriously. Crazy. What are eggs out in like California? Like $16 a dozen? I have no idea. Like I have not been to the grocery store in like a month. <laughs> Cause if they're like, if they're like $7 a dozen here. Which I just learned the other day. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't even know. Here I am just like willy-nilly feeding eggs to my chickens and my dogs. Like, right. <laughs> not knowing that people were desperate for them. And it's really funny because like a lot of my vet tech friends have chickens. So they're all mm-hmm. talking about it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> chickens are really easy to have. You'd be proud. So we we had a cat and Matt was super mad about this cat that kept coming into our garage because we did lose a couple baby chicks to what we were assuming as a cat. I still think it was a cat. I think it was just a different cat than what we're seeing now. Um, I think you're paying California prices because it literally says 18 count six ninety nine. Maybe it's just eggs across the board. Then doesn't matter what state <laughs> you're in. <laughs> like, no, no, that um, seems like a normal price. Like, I think that's just our price that we normally have. Oh, see that like they used to be like three or four dollars a dozen. Oh yeah, no. I think we also have better weather than you guys because it sounds like a lot of places are really cold. We're not that cold. We're just rainy right now, but we're not cold. It's not. I mean, like it's okay. Your version of cold and my version of cold are different. Uh, <laughs> well, I think our versions of cold are similar. I'm. I mean, like cold like midwest kind of like there's yeah, snow like we don't have snow right now it's rainy like okay cool yeah that's true yeah it was it was 39 degrees this morning when i Woo-hoo. took connor to the bus stop and he was like oh my god it could possibly snow soon i was like it's not gonna snow <laughs> like <laughs> it's it snowed it's snowed here once since you've been alive like, right but he's holding on to it yeah it's like 50 degrees right now but yeah i think it nine o'clock in the morning so but it's rainy and overcast and it's 60 degrees now with a high of 64 today Mm. anyway um (laughs) (laughs) that's how our holiday's been (laughs) yeah like i'm not do we even remember how to like podcast anymore no 
I know. We'll see if they <laughs> even remember how to edit this. Oh my god, seriously. But anyway. I am excited because this weekend, um, if you are listening to this live, like in, in the next couple days of it being released, uh, this weekend we are weather permitting. <laughs> um, we're talking about copper hepatopathy, and one of my friends, Sam Broman, is going to be presenting. And the reason I say weather permitting is because she is in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And um, she's had very spotty electricity this week because of all the crazy storms here in California. So as long as nothing major happens, she should be there. Um, you know, if, if something changes, we'll definitely let you guys know and, and we'll try to reschedule it to a, a non-rainy day. <laughs> right. So, but as of right now, this, this Saturday, January 14th, we'll be talking um, copper hepatopathy. Yeah, but today we're talking about um, some res. Well, this series is going to be some respiratory stuff. Yep. Um. So today we're going to be talking about uh, nasopharyngeal stenosis or NPS, huh. which is funny because we use NPS like as like a scoring system at work, and so like it's just weird that I've been hearing NPS so much lately, mm. and now I'm talking about NPS, which is weird because I've never heard nasopharyngeal stenosis is referred to as nps i saw it in a couple of documents that i was researching mm. i don't think if somebody used that abbreviation with me about this i would put two and two together right <laughs> just because like well first off nasopharyngeal stenosis is just not overly common right so the likelihood of coming across it anyway yeah it's it's why do they give rare conditions abbreviations like <laughs> you don't know. see it enough to remember the abbreviation right oh my god it's so true so what is nasopharyngeal stenosis it is a malformation or can be scarring usually of the back nasal passages <clears throat> it is as i said kind of already it is a rare condition it can be seen in cats or dogs it is more common though to be in cats than dogs which i find interesting hmm. i wonder but, if it's because they're just smaller in general so things get affected more like a little bit of scarring or a little bit of something would potentially close it off more than you know a big dog yeah i think that's a possibility and like cats are more prone to things like polyps and mm -hmm. like nasopharyngeal obstruction which then could fall under the category of nasopharyngeal stenosis yeah because like cat it's pretty common for cats to develop nasopharyngeal stenosis after some sort of obstruction like a nasopharyngeal obstruction like a polyp usually in the that like originates in the middle ear though mm. but it's just that's much less like those type of polyps are like not seen in dogs so right yeah that makes sense yeah, so it's it's a it's a weird condition. So in it, this also ugh. this also can be congenital or inflammatory. So I kind of already touched on that because, like, not that cats are typically born with the nasal pharyngeal polyp, mm. but they develop them fairly young. So, yeah. but anyway, 
a lot of times if it is secondary though to it's going to be secondary to like some sort of inflammatory condition so this could be chronic rhinitis this can be aspiration rhinitis usually like from pets who regurgitate often this could also be caused by surgery or like a, a like i said like a polyp like a space occupying lesion or a mass a lot yeah, of I think times, the ones though, that i've seen um i've seen aspiration rhinitis cause it mm-hmm. and also foreign body yeah well that makes sense too <laughs> uh one thing to be cautious about though too because this can result from regurgitation we can see it sometimes uh after regurgitation while pet's been under anesthesia and like sometimes a very severe infection can result of the regurgitation while under anesthesia because again anesthesia in itself just suppresses the immune system so then if a pet regurgitates while under anesthesia and that that regurg just kind of sits there right because like we don't try not to move pets too much while under anesthesia and then they can develop a, a nice secondary infection there and that can lead to nasopharyngeal stenosis as well Mm. wow i wonder i i guess i've never done it but i wonder if it would be like helpful to like like if a dog regurges like since their airways are technically protected like if you were to like flush it you know if they like regurge under anesthesia and you see it coming out their nose and stuff mm. like if you were to just flush a little bit of saline through the nasal passages i would imagine potentially yeah because then that acid isn't sitting there causing irritation i feel like though for like aspiration after cert uh, after surgery it doesn't seem like that i I don't know it just doesn't seem like that would be enough to cause like stenosis no, i mean i guess it I'm, could but well i think it's like right it has to be like that perfect situation right Right. So say a dog regurges early on and maybe it's not caught. So it's just kind of like sitting up there just like, oh um, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. and then because they're under anesthesia, maybe they're under anesthesia for a certain procedure uh, that's lengthy and then that suppresses their immune system. I mean, I feel like it's like, you yeah. know, how, how earth was made. It's just like, everything has to align like, well, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting, but I, I do wonder if like flushing with saline like just a few drops of saline up the nostril. Would... Yeah. I mean, saline is not going to hurt it. No. As long as, as, I guess it, as long as your airway is protected. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times how this is going to present, it can be any age, any breed, any sex. Uh, but if it's congenital, obviously we're going to see it typically in our younger patients versus if it's uh, acquired, then we're going to see it just randomly. So um, a lot of times what we'll see is we'll see bilateral nasal discharge usually, and that can be clear, white, green, yellow, bloody, depending on the level of inflammation or infection. We can hear typically a stertorous like breathing sound. Sometimes we'll see open mouth breathing in both dogs and cats. Obviously, we want to be as concerned in the dog open mouth breathing as we would be the cat open mouth breathing. But if a cat's open mouth breathing, that definitely tells you they're having a hard time moving air. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're going to hear, so like I said, we're going to hear that stertor. And then we could even potentially see some some dyspnea as well, depending on the severity of things. So I'm going to kind of run through this episode, unfortunately, pretty quickly. There's just not 
a lot to talk about in it. There's not real mm. huge mechanics behind it. Like, so when talking about like <laughs> right. anatomy and physiology of, of this, uh, we can, we know that in that nasal pharyngeal area, that if that tissue gets thickened, then essentially it, all that inflammation is going to close down the airway, that air passageway more and more. And then, so we're going to just get that difficulty breathing. It's not to be confused with brachycephalic airway syndrome. That's different. That's like an overgrowth of, I mean, I guess this can have an overgrowth of tissue, but this is generally more going to be like that scar tissue or a mass. Right. Uh, differential diagnosis for these guys. So we kind of already talked about the nasal pharyngeal polyp that can be a cause for it. A nasal tumor, of course. Then we have, we can have severe lymphoplasmacytic rhinitis. We can have a nasal foreign body as Yvonne kind of already said. And then nasal pharyngeal stenosis also should be on the list of things, even though it is rare. If we're having any sort of nasal sign, that should be on the list of different possible differentials. And if we think about a foreign body too, right? So like, think about when you have a pet with an esophageal foreign body, right? You're causing erosion and then the body's response to removing that foreign body. Same goes for if it's stuck in the nasal pharyngeal area, that scar tissue and that raw, that raw tissue that was caused by the foreign body, it's going to want to scar down and and the body's going to want to heal that area. And then if you get too much scarring there, that's what leads to the, to the stenosis. Yeah. Diagnostics can vary on this one. Uh, I will say this is going to be the only one I typically wouldn't say do a comprehensive chem CBC T4 UA kind of thing. Right? But like, <laughs> because... Because we're doing anesthesia, you'll do those anyways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you go on like further past the need for x-rays to look for any sort of abnormalities with the lungs, the hearts, uh, anatomy, then... X-rays you- could show a foreign body potentially. you can kind of see some narrowing in this area with x-rays but not as well as you would if we were to do a ct scan which is going to be ideal Mm -hmm. and it's going to want to be a ct scan of the entire the entire head in the pharynx we always go down the neck a little bit to the base of the Mm -hmm. the base of the skull and then ideally gold standard is and it's usually diagnostic by just retroflexing with a with a flexible scope for rhinoscopy typically so what that mm-hmm. means is you stick a flexible scope into the back of the throat and then you flip upwards towards the the nasal pharyngeal area and you can see essentially the back of the nose and uh when you do this and there's nasal pharyngeal stenosis you're going to see obvious obstruction yeah whether it be a mass or a tumor um and then you're also going to be able to visualize I wish we could share photos, but if you, if you, if you do, like, if you click on any of the links that I share in the show notes, you'll see some photos of what it looks like to retroflex and see like what's supposed to be a normal opening is very closed. And mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to see an opening like a lab's nose, but then you see an opening like a Frenchie's nose. <laughs> like right. instead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to, you're going to do that over the soft palate just to visualize that area. It's actually really cool, um, except for when there's a foreign body up there. Oh, I hate foreign body. We had a dog, and they actually ended up with stenosis afterwards. We had a dog that um, was like a husky thing, and it vomited. And I don't know why, but for some reason, there was a 
river rock that he had. And mm. instead of vomiting it out, it got lodged in the nasopharynx. I don't even know how. So we had to like, I think we ended up using like red rubbers from the front to like push. Mm-hmm. So we were going through the nose to push from the nose because we couldn't grab onto it from the back. And we ended up having to like push from the front. It was the craziest, it was the craziest thing. Um, and it was good sized. It was like uh, a small egg, not, mm. a, not a normal size egg, like a small one. Yeah. Um, bigger than a marble, but not as big as a normal egg. But it was huge compared to like. What's you know. supposed to be in your music <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And then he did have some stenosis afterwards because it was, you know, it had been there for a little bit which is also kind of crazy. Um, but yeah. It's so funny too. Cause my, my cousin texted me the other day and she's like, she's got one of the puppies. And so she's like, Sandy just sneezed. No joke. 17 times in a row. I was like, I'm sure she got something stuck up her nose. And she's like, well, should I be worried about it? I was like, well, she's still sneezing. She's like, no. I was like, does she look fine? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay, then yeah, she's fine. I was like, did anything come out of her nose? <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I wasn't looking. I was like, well, well, she continues to sneeze. I bet you that's probably what it was. Yeah. Dog has her face in everything all the time. Ugh, dogs. <laughs> Tell me about it. Ugh. So many. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so how do we fix this? Uh, I've never actually done any of these procedures to try to correct nasal pharyngeal stenosis. Um, there's a there's a couple of options. Well, there's three options, really. This is not one of those things that you can truly like treat symptomatically. Like if a member, like if a client really didn't have the funds to treat it, then I suppose you could support the pet with like immune you support. do anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories and, stuff, and like maybe saline drops up the nose to just help break up congestion. So it doesn't yeah. all get stuck up there. But when it comes to like actually correcting, like it needs to be corrected. So you can do balloon procedures, you can do stenting, or there's a surgical fix as well. Um, It is recommended to usually offer the balloon procedures first, but balloon procedures can be pretty pricey and it's not always like a one and done kind of thing. So what we mean by balloon procedure is essentially the pet would need to go under anesthesia and then I guess, would a surgeon do this or an internist? I feel like these are internal medicine For stenting? No, 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 for ballooning. <laughs> oh, ballooning? Um, We did them. I've, I've ballooned for that. That's what I mean. Like, so this would be an IM procedure and not really yeah. a surgery procedure. Yeah, because the balloon, it, it's not, it's not sterile. So it's like, no. so we usually use um the endoscope. Um, yep. And pass that through with the endoscope. Usually, um, it's a little bit harder depending on where it is in the back of the nose because it's like trying to see it is hard. But yeah, um, but yeah, we usually we just we did it. And the goal of this is essentially is you get the balloon in the correct spot, right? And then you inflate the balloon and apply a little bit of pressure to that scar tissue to break up some of the scar mm-hmm. tissue. Not all of it. You don't want to rip it, otherwise it's just going to scar down more. Um, so you want to break up a little bit of the like segments of, of scar tissue here and there, and it's going to cause bleeding. And then essentially you'd want the, the pet to come back and do the procedure again, but with a larger balloon size. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then as, over time, again, this isn't like a quick fix. This is right. over a couple of procedures. Like you can go a couple balloons in one procedure, but then typically you have to stop and then come have them come back. And if you want to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger in the balloons. Yeah. And you just kind of, like, it depends on what the client can afford too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, you can try it in one and just be like, you know, maybe they only have enough money for like the one procedure. So you do the best that you can and be like, all right, it's better than nothing. Um, mm-hmm. so. And with yeah. ballooning, there is that risk for restenosis again, because we're breaking, mm-hmm. we're essentially tearing scar tissue and the body is going to react how it wants to react. Ideally, yeah. again, it's just going to heal nice and like gently and not like super like, holy crap, I got to fix this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really depends. But stenting is typically considered better just because there's less risk of failure with this. I think Less it risk. also depends on like what was the underlying cause. Yeah. Like was it a foreign body that you removed it and now we're good or is it you know a a tumor that's going to keep growing or is it chronic reflux that you're having a hard time getting under control, right? So mm-hmm. you know if you've got something that's still ongoing, you're going to probably want to do the stent instead of yeah just the balloon if it like like if it's trauma related right with the foreign body then once you remove the foreign body that's that's hopefully done and over with and so you're just kind of dealing with the aftermath versus you know yeah still keep happening and keep getting irritated and injured so yeah and with the stent that is performed under anesthesia as well typically they use endoscopy as well as fluoroscopy so they can see where their guide wire goes just to make sure that they're putting it in the right structured area Mm -hmm. and then they'll uh open up that area as well with a balloon too and then they'll place the stent in that area that they want it to stay open and then um There are some details about placement of this, but one risk if improperly placed, then, well, I guess not improperly, but if it needs to go a little bit further back than Mm -hmm. ideal, then sometimes when a pet wakes up, you can see gagging, you can see exaggerated swallowing. Uh, They can just have some irritation just due to them being able to feel where that stent is. And yeah. so um, that, sh- that is like a, a known side effect. And then of course there is surgical fixation. So essentially like an explore of the area and try to, again, just manually break up some of that scar tissue or debulk a tumor or whatever the cause might yeah. be. Oftentimes though, surgery is met with failure just because with surgery, we there's a much higher recurrence rate for that stenosis than there is with balloon dilation or stenting. Yep. So good times, good times there. Um, When it comes to correcting these procedures, there are some long-term complications that are pretty common. And that is something that we need to talk with clients about. So they need to be aware that even with procedural help for this complication of nasal pharyngeal stenosis, they can see chronic nasal infections. They can see sneezing uh, with or without discharge and odor. 
There can be some major complications, but those are less common. And that can be like, if a stent was placed, that stent can migrate. Mm-hmm. There can be, again, stricture recurrence that we kind of already talked about. And then sometimes too, there can even be damage to that palate. So sometimes we can even get an oral nasal fistula, depending on Ooh. the pet. That sounds horrible. So those are complications that do need to be talked about with the member, um, especially the the risk of infection, right? Like the nose is not a clean area no. on a pet uh, in a dog or a cat. So I do understand even with a stent, why there would be increased inflammation and then that would lead to increased infection. So those pets are going to have to be probably... Those are those phone calls that you get where you're like, my cat's been sneezing for a week and you really don't think much of it, like getting them in ASAP, but these ones you're like, ah, oh, okay, we got to get you guys in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's all I got there. There was not a lot on this, but yeah. And I think, you know, when we're talking about like tip of the week kind of thing, I think, um, I think the biggest one is going to be like just imaging right? Because mm-hmm. I think the CT is going to give you so much information on these. Like, is there narrowing? Is there a foreign body? Is there a tumor? So I think, um, you know, talking to your client about the CT is going to be the the big one. And then the retroflex, right? Um, retro, <sighs> retroflexing is always like one of those things, like we get frustrated with our, our endoscope because it doesn't Cause you kind of have to like have it look back at itself mm-hmm. when you're placing it and then it gets, and then it gets up and pops up there. But, um, it's always, I don't know. We, I hate retroflexing because our, our scope didn't love flexing that much. <laughs> well, that, and it's like, it's one of those things though, too, because of where it's at, it fogs up pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you touch <laughs> anything to the tip of the camera, if there's snot or anything, you oh, can't see yeah, anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is, I have a love-hate relationship with retroflexing. Like, yeah. I like it when it's quick and easy and you're like, oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> like, but, like, yeah, yeah. When it's not as simple as it should be, it's frustrating. Yeah. So, um, question of the week is, what vet tech out there has a pet with nasal pharyngeal stenosis? Because <laughs> I know there's one. There's got to be. <laughs> I know. I know someone has it. Right. Uh, it's awesome. I wonder if people get that. I bet you they do. I bet they probably do with um like chronic like reflux. Yeah, I bet you that. Huh. I yeah, I'm sure. It's kind of like a bulldog getting it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shocker. I know. With our little short nut muzzles. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Plus, what if someone's like just a like easy vomiter? Like, ugh, ugh. I guess. You know, there's <laughs> those people out there. I am not right. one of them. Right. Thankfully. <sighs> anyway, that's all oh. I got for you guys this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a short episode. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season. I hope everybody's back and ready to learn. And VMX is coming up. Woo! I think yeah. Next week. I'm not going this year though. I was going to, and then I changed my mind. You're not mm-hmm. going this year. What? Mm-mm. That's that's insane to me. I think it was because I didn't want to go to Orlando and then go to Ohio all within like this, like a month of each other. So I was like, mm-hmm. ah. 
Yeah. Speaking of, so you're going to Ohio when? The 17th. Of February, February. right? Yep. And that's for which conference? Uh, Midwestern Veterinary Conference. Okay. So, and you're doing how many lectures? Six. So if you want to see Jordan, (laughs) she's got six lectures. On Friday, I'm only lecturing one day, but I'm lecturing, yeah, Friday the 17th is when I'm lecturing from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., baby. Yeah. And then the weekend before that, I will be in Tennessee at the Music City Veterinary Conference. Um, I think it's in Nashville. Pretty sure it's in Nashville. Um, and I'll be lecturing there. So if you're, you're around, definitely say hi. Cause I won't know anybody really. Cause I've never gone to this conference before. So if you say hi, I might just hang out with you and you'll be in trouble. Cause I'll glom on to you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, I think Tabitha might be at that one. Um, she's, I know she's I think going she's to lecturing. BMX too. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cause Tabitha got her VTS and now she's just like, I'm going to lecture everywhere. <laughs> We love her. If you remember, she had we had her on the show, so she got her BTS in behavior. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All right, friends. Let us know if you need anything. We hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we will promise to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.